Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to cachefly.com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by the brand new TWIP School. You can check it out at school.thisweekinphoto.com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks. They're the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. This is TWIP, episode 466, Modularity by Design, Divide and Conquer. Is it a digression from the ideal of less is more, or just another gimmick designed to create product lines more efficient at separating consumers from their dollars? Modularity by Design is the newest wave in high-tech industrial design, and in this episode, we take a look at two early players implementing this methodology, Google and Craft Camera. Google's Project Aira promises to let you pick and choose your components to create the ideal phone tailor-made for you. And the same goes for Craft Camera. They aim to allow you to assemble the perfect 4K video camera designed by you, for you, or rather for the job at hand. It's Monday, May 23rd, 2016, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me to discuss some modular and interesting stories happening in the news and the photography news this week are Mr. Tim Ingle from Tim Ingle Photography up in Sacramento, California, and Sharky James from a little site called Petapixel. He's the guy behind the Petapixel Photography Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to This Week in Photo. How you doing, hey. Fred? Frederick, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, I should say, I guess, yeah. All right, you know, what, you know what, and right off the top of the show, I have to issue some disciplinary action. I, know. I hate to do this. You know what I'm going to do, right, Tim? Yeah. You, you know what I'm going to do. Cut my head Sh- off? No, Mr. James. Yes. I, the, the, this character known as Fred died many, many years ago. <laughs> I killed him and oh. I buried him in my backyard. And from the ashes of Fred rose Frederick. All right. <laughs> Frederick. So, unless you want to raise Fred <laughs> from the dead, then, uh, you know, it's Frederick. So. Who knew that was a sticking point? It's not a sticking point. Did, did not know. Is, you, know <laughs> you know, in high school, I was known as Freddie. So, oh, jeez. You yeah. know, but only by girls. Obama you know, I was, was Barry. He he could be Barry. I Barry was Obama. I was Freddie in high school, and my you know male friends called me Fred. Girls called me Freddie. Anybody know, call you Rick? You could. No one ever called me Rick. No, oh. no, no, Rick. No, so Rick. when you come out, I'm going to tell the uh, models to call you uh, Freddie. They could. I depending on the model. Okay. <laughs> so, How about Nicole? This is sliding scale. Okay. It's a sliding scale. They can yes. not only call him Freddie; they can call him. Yes. No, no, they can't come. <laughs> Not available. Not available to models except for photographing them. Sorry. Ah. Models are not for that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you just say that? Okay, that's the show title. Models, models. are not for that. <laughs> they oh, are geez. not for that. It's not going to get better than that, is it? They're not. 
bad. I'm telling you. So, you know, the model, the model photographer relationship has to be completely professional oh. and Tim, you know, right? I, mean, I do it, know. You, if you cross, if you even even hint at you, or you might be willing to even think about crossing that line, all every all hell breaks loose and it's no fun, you know. And that's so, why I always have my crew. There you go. There, there are no there are no GWCs on this panel today. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm a G with many C's. Look at <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm rolling in the C's. This G. <laughs> It's rain and seas. Uh, it's rain and seas. <laughs> All right. And the, for the folks that are listening to this, I'm pointing to an array of cameras that I, I have on the shelf behind me. That never gets any use anymore. No. They don't get any use because I'm always doing this, right? Yeah, so, right. I know how that is. So they just sit back there and they tease me. You know, they say, you know, if you were actually a working real photographer like you guys, you would uh, you actually use us hey. and actually have some actuations on the shutters of those devices. <laughs> I think Tim's the only one who's doing any shooting these days. Uh, Tim, <laughs> the rest of yeah, us are podcasting or something. I know we're, we're content creators. We're not, yeah. we're not photographers anymore. We our evo- stuff is our stuff's all devaluing, devaluing as we speak. It, it totally is. It's like it, it's the de-evolution of the photographer, right? You, I would say, you know, you evolve from a photographer into content creator. Well, you kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a divergence, like, like, like a bonobo splitting <laughs> off from a chimp, you know. <laughs> like, well, I'm heading that way too, apparently. So the content. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, you can see, uh, already tell this is going to be a fantastic show. I love it. Um, let's jump into story number one. This this story. Uh, Bruce Clark, our show notes writer, pulled this up as well as story number two. And I thought these two would be good to talk about together because of kind of they're related. So the first one comes to us from from F Stoppers. It's about Craft Camera. They're developing a modular new 4K camera system. Um, It's about $3,000. And, you know, if you look at it on on the website or click through to F Stoppers and check out their blog post on this, but it's a camera. Basically, the gist of, of both of these stories that we're going to talk about is these are cameras that you can, I don't know, kind of transform together or Lincoln log or erector set Lego together to make the perfect solution for the job that you're doing. So you're never like, oh, man, I should have bought Model B because this Model A that I bought has this feature or doesn't have this feature. You can buy Model A, then later go buy a little modular piece and craft it on there or stick it on there. Craft have- it on there? I know, I know. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping these guys out, right? but you can stick it on there and have a brand new system. So Sharky James looking at this, I mean, you know, when I saw this and, and the story number two that we're going to talk about is Google's Project Aira. Uh, but when I saw this one, I was thinking, OK, would I would I use something like this? Is this is this for me as kind of the prosumer photographer, you know, do I care that, okay, I'm missing feature A in this camera, so I'm going to go buy feature A and put it in there, or I need to create the perfect Frankenstein solution for this job, or do I just buy the right thing and go shoot? What do you think? I think this is the kind of camera you get when you just want to go rogue, right? You don't want any of the other stuff that's out there. You want to be on the bleeding edge. You're like, I've... Crap, never even heard of them before. Where did they come from? But this thing looks cool. This is a really cool thing. Modular. So, you know, if you need full HD video, also known as 1080p, you can get that. If you want 4K, you can do that. And it's only $3,000, I guess, I don't know, for maybe a certain kit. So 3K for 4K. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here all week, Frederick. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, here's, that's the, okay. here's the thing that I noticed. It's available in EF, uh, MFT, and PL mounts. So you got Canon EF, you've got Micro Four Thirds, and you've got PL, which is more, mostly RE and RED cameras, I believe. Where is Nikon in there? Right. I mean, have you noticed there's more and more companies that kind of just like forget about Nikon F mount? <laughs> Am I the yeah. only one that's noticing that? And I'm a Nikon no. guy. I got Sony, but you know, I'm, I've been Nikon for a long time. Canon Me as too. well. But I still yeah. have all my Nikon gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Devaluing up there on the shelf. Every but, single day, I, I notice some value leaking on the yeah. floor in the cabinet next to. <laughs> but what do you make, Frederick, or maybe you, Tim, about? The exclusion of Nikon F. I mean, there are a ton of people out there with Nikon F glass. Why didn't they include that? I would say, and Tim, you can chime in on this, I would say they didn't exclude it, right? Because the fact that this is modular, they probably said, and this is me armchair quarterbacking, they probably said, well, hey, we'll launch with these things, and as the market demands it, we'll build these other things. So they can build a Nikon F mount module and stick it on this thing, right? Yeah, and but I think the, the cinema guys right now are all... Canon guys, majority well, no, of them. I mean, no, well, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, cinema. All yeah, my they're friends. Panasonic Lumix with GH4s or whatever. They're they're Canon and they're shooting Reds. I mean, they're all over there. And now, increasingly, Sony because Sony has 4K and they, you know, they solved that whole uh, recording inside the camera body issue. You know, shooting 4K. Now you can actually use Sony awesome A7 series cameras to do professional level video work. So. It's all over the board. I get what you say about, okay, this is modular and they could make Nikon F, but why come out with Micro Four Thirds available first? Why not? You, you, don't you have to go with the big two? Don't you have to have Canon EF and Nikon F? Yeah. In addition to the you know, more pro-level uh, PL stuff, why go? You know, it's like a, 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 just a big slight to Nikon, I think, and maybe for a good reason. Maybe they think the market isn't there, or maybe they think Nikon's not going to be quite as Why would you? I mean, but why, why, and I'm just, you know, I have no, I haven't even tried this camera. Neither, none of us have tried the camera, right? So we're speculating, as we tend to do from time to time on this week in <laughs> photo. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at this camera, like, why not? You know, looking at the Micro Four Thirds system, you know, it's a robust system with, you know, a myriad, uncountable number of lens options available to you. Why not build for that system instead of tying yourself into another system that may or may not be upgraded or enhanced later? So you are know? you saying that maybe Nikon's future isn't looking as great as Canon's and others? Because what It's not just the- me, bro. It's not just <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, I don't want you people. know, just you know, I'm I wish they would do something freaking awesome but they haven't done anything i mean it's just it's what they're doing you know? people get upset when i say that you know I, I said to someone i go i don't you know i think nikon's gonna be i don't know about non-existent but not a big player in 10 years and i'm not gonna say who somebody we all know said uh bro well you say bro you said bro five years tops <laughs> five years and just look at this i mean what percentage of the market is micro four thirds versus nikon i mean we're talking glass of course because that's the glass you're gonna put on it what percentage is, is Micro Four Thirds? It's got to be tiny compared to Nikon. Sure. So I, I don't, I don't have those numbers. I don't have those numbers, but I would agree. Uh, Tim, I want you to jump in because you are the Canon shooter. No, you're no. the Nikon shooter. You're I'm the Nikon, Nikon I'm shooter. I'm all Nikon. You're the Nikon shooter, so you represent that crowd of people that I'm referring to that, you know, okay, so there's this, gro- this group of people that have their Nikon cameras, and when I was up there in Sacramento, you know, a couple weeks ago, and you had that, giant <laughs> camera, you know, versus what did I have? I had the Osmo with me that day, right? Yeah. So, 
you know, and it's just sort of like, okay, that's that that doesn't seem current, you know, in a lot of ways. And yes, I look at that camera and I know that you can you particularly can take that camera and make it do, you know, tap dance and do whatever because you you rule that thing. But then I look at the, the, the technology that's out there and craft with this thing that they're pushing out is are kind of saying, well, you know, we're going to go in that other other direction. What do you say to this? Well, I mean, it's as a pro, I mean, I couldn't look at a system like that because I can't use it. I'm not going to buy new lenses. I would have to have something that would let my lenses right. work with it. Yeah, but that's the um, legacy stuff, though, you know? So I mean, they've excluded you from the start. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, then I look at the price here for $299 is the mount. So, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to make a mount, I would imagine. Yeah. And then just open up a whole new market. But so, if they um, made a mount, if they made an F mount for this thing, would you would you buy it? I mean, does I think it's, does I the think modularity it's does it fit in what you would do? I mean, because you'd have to like all the muscle memory that you've built in with your Nikon camera right now would go out the window. Would would the benefits that you get from having this modular system outweigh getting the job done quicker with your older system? Well, I mean, I like, and of course, I'm not doing much video, but I like the idea of having a modular system because I don't need you know, a full cinema setup, mm -hmm. you know, for stuff that we do, I need like 20 and 30 second clips of things. Yeah. Um, and so then I could choose the system that I want. I mean, you're looking at this, you know, I'm looking at what on the price here, it's nine ninety eight for just a studio setup. Yeah. Um, that's actually not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and you have it's, to do that. It's if competitive. You have a new product, right? It's competitive, but again, it's like okay, you got all this other stuff in your arsenal right now. Is it competitive enough to make you want to switch over to something like this? In other words, is the modularity of this next generation system is the siren song of it enough to get the sailors to crash to the lure ships? You? <laughs> well, on what's the, the compelling? What's the compelling feature here? Like, what's the right. thing that's going to make you go, wow, I, do, I need to have that? And I think that for people, it's going to be, I, I don't, you know, I looked at it a little bit, but <clears throat> I didn't see anything that really stood out to me. I think the big push, and they, they're pushing this, is the modularity. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to appeal to people that are, you know, that want to put things together, want to have options, and just like that ability to be able to change something. You know, you buy like a Nikon D5 right now, and it's a Nikon D5 forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Forever. And so you buy this thing and there's those options available to you for the future. Yeah. So I mean, maybe is, that's it, it. Is that is this the future though? Is this the future of camera uh, bodies modular? Well, look at look at the red when that came out a long time ago, right? That was kind of that was modular, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was different parts to it and everything. <laughs> so this really isn't even that new. This is just yeah. a new company that's doing it. I think there's modularity coming in a lot of things we use. Um, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, and I had stuff early, like, you know, I had, of course, now it's all built in, but of course I had to do, you know, Wi-Fi and I had to do grips and I had to do those kind of things according to my needs. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I, I like the idea of the modularity a lot. I think yeah, I, I think I think it, it makes a lot of sense because it, it kind of makes for me, it kind of makes me feel when I look at it and I kind of sit back and I think about the implications of having a modular system. You know, it's like, OK, that's kind of cool because because I can have all these different pieces and I can see my little film or not my film, but my, my gear locker will look completely different because depending on the job that I'm going to shoot, I could reconfigure Megatron to do the particular job that I need to do. But it makes me feel 
I, I don't know, antiquated when I look at my old <laughs> gear and I'm like, wow, you guys aren't modular, modular at all aside from your lens mount. <laughs> you know? well, see, here's the thing, Frederick. When you're modular, you have options. Options are always good. Yeah. When I used to be a photojournalist, I had, I don't know if you're familiar with Think Tank Photo's modular belt system. So oh, there's oh that, yeah. The belt that goes around it. you and it's padded and it's got the different pouches. I'm going to look that up. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't rock all six or seven pouches that I had at every assignment. You don't want to carry more weight than you need to. So if I was shooting a particular event, I might only have two pouches. You know, the right. rest would be locked up in the car. Yeah. But if I needed to, I could roll with all of those. So having options available is good. And maybe this is, I don't know, maybe this is what the world needs. I think so. I mean, I, yeah, I was watching, I was watching, I was on a, a, a YouTube binge earlier today and I was, I, I got on this, Elon Musk SpaceX kind of tangent, right? So I thought you were gonna say PewDiePie. <laughs> no, no, that was yesterday. No, so <laughs> so I'm looking at you know I'm kind of getting up to speed on what SpaceX is up to and what their mission is and who their competition is and you know all this stuff. And one of the things that rang true from one of the speeches that Elon Musk was giving was they SpaceX believes the future is reusable, right? So that's their whole thing is to make space exploration and, and, and space flight cheaper by reusing the component components and being, you know, obviously being able to land the booster rocket back down on the ground, clean it up, refuel it and send it up again. Right. So then I was thinking about this show. I was like, it's kind of what we're talking about here on a much, much smaller scale. Albeit we're looking at these, you invest all the money in this kit and it doesn't go away when the marketer or the company says, Hey, you know that thing that we told you was the best thing ever for photography last year? No, really, this thing is the best thing ever. So get rid of your old thing and go buy this, right? So, hey, Tim, do you think that's, is that the future, though? Well, I mean, if I have the option of adding a new sensor in two years when the technology improves, and that sensor module is only 400 bucks, mm -hmm. um, that's not a terrible thing. It's not for us, but then you, right. but then, okay, both of you guys chime in on this. So then you think, okay, if the future is modular and we're, this is going to lead the way and all the other companies are going to fall in line and start building these pieces of cameras that you can put together to make your ultimate camera and then change it out as things, different pieces of it get enhancements, that changes the whole business model of all these other companies of what they've been doing since the beginning of time. Is that even possible? You know, since they, they've been rolling out, hey, here's the new camera at CES or Photo Plus Expo or WPPI or whatever, you need to go buy it. That goes away. And, and the price points would presumably drop as well. Sharky, what, what do you think? Well, how does this work? So let's say when the D6 comes out, it has the ability to change sensors. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, eventually you put in a different sensor. It's no longer a D6. It's like a D6 plus or something yeah. like that. You know, and then D6 you got... D6 in. What, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so what is, what is that then? And then, like you said, how does this change the business model? Are they going to make more money being able to sell, sell you, you know, an upgrade? How much do they make when you, you know, you sell your old D5 and you get a D6 versus, well, you pop in a new sensor. Is that all you're going to be able to do at that point? I mean, what else are you going to pop in? A new pentaprism or... Right. Yeah. Light is light, you know? Yeah. I think I think sensor sensor and mount are the things that, that strike me. You know, sensor, mostly sensor and mount. You know, maybe well, maybe mountains. connections, right? The connections. Well, storage. And storage. Yeah, yeah. So everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just designed it. Yeah, we just designed it. Yeah, so storage <laughs> and everything, you know? 
I don't know. It's a... Well, and Fuji, I think, plays in a kind of like edge of that because they've updated their operating system on the Fujis quite a bit. Oh, and yeah. I think Sony has too. So, you know, you're getting new features in software. Yeah, that's true. Nobody does it like Fujifilm. I mean, they come out with yeah. updates in, via firmware that give you things that you would probably buy a new camera for. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the Fujifilm awesome. guys and girls are just... Diehards, you think the Sony guys and, and gals are? I mean, Fujifilm people love their cameras and they're wonderful, great cameras. Yeah, I think just people in general it. love their cameras, and I would attribute some of that love to being what I call digital Stockholm syndrome, you know. And the other <laughs> other part of it is, you know, just genuine love of that particular system because your synapses tend to work with the way that OS and the camera feels in your hands and all that. So you you develop that bond. But a lot of it is, hey, I paid, you know, all in like twenty grand on this system. I love it, and yours sucks. <laughs> you know, so. That's why people get so upset about these things. They have so many thousands of dollars invested. They're just tools. Mm-hmm. You know, I always talk about theoretical photography. These are people that. Well, I don't shoot a whole lot these days, but that aside, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, the people that go on the forums and they're complaining about this or that, and they never actually do any shooting. Yeah. The pixel yeah. peepers and all that. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I'm I'm falling. I'm right on the event horizon of falling into that vortex, man. Seriously, I need to I need to fire the booster rockets to get out of the gravity and go shooting because right. I feel You're like playing I, with that drone too much. I know. I get no. That's I need to play with it more and get out and shoot more because I'm like here doing this virtual stuff rather than actually creating content. The other the other I thing I had that. on my list to talk about with regard to this modular camera is. One of the big selling points for a lot of people out there is um, weatherproofing and weather sealing. You know, and I wonder a camera like this. The more the more pieces you introduce into a system, obviously there oh. there are more points of failure by orders of magnitude when you buy this thing. Is is that going to be an issue? I wonder if this company, if Kraft has 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 addressed that issue. Can I take this thing out to the Sahara? I don't know. That is why this thing came with a rain hood. <laughs> That's it, it comes with it That's comes with an umbrella. <laughs> Didn't you see that? Yes. There's a little slot, and you just like put your. <laughs> no, I don't know. It has to have been designed for that, right? I didn't see any O-rings or anything in that animation. No, I did. It, it looked to metal be. to it, metal to me. That's what. I'm... It, yeah, but well, I, well, when you get to the more critical parts, those must be right, and those are deeper in. It looks like, and there must be some kind of ceiling. There has uh, to be. Well, in the yeah. shape of it, it's so easy to like make a cover. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's that's another another price point thing that they can leverage they it's can another, say oh, another module oh you wanted the yeah. weather sealed one. Oh, that's 20 grand <laughs> sorry a lens right. coat will just come out with something right yeah right. but i think these guys i mean i'm i applaud these guys i am really excited to see if this kind of camera body takes off i mean i love i love anything that kind of just kind of erases the whiteboard and start and starts again because you look at all the other all the cameras that we have they're all generally the same form factor from DSLRs all the way down you know to your point and shoot micro four thirds or one inch sensor cameras they're generally the same shutter buttons on the right side you know it's all the same why not just erase the whiteboard and start again and it looks like well, that's I think what we're these at guys a, did. we're at a time now where it's like photography arose out of the film days and it's like that was the model that we just kept evolving and now we're rethinking that shape and that form i think more now than ever which is cool mm-hmm. i know what i know what nikon's going to do to stay competitive they're going to come out with a left-handed model <laughs> no nikon nikon and leica have been on this let's remove features 
kind of yeah, tangent lately. So <laughs> don't get me started on that Leica. They'll come out with a craft camera that is all one piece. <laughs> did you say? So. Did you say a craft camera or a crap camera? Craft, craft. <laughs> with and it only shoots sepia. Yeah. yeah, it only shoots sepia. Yeah, it only worked during great. certain certain times a day. It'll operate. You know, just to and you can't turn it vertically. <laughs> no. Don't wow. give them ideas, man. <laughs> bye bye portraiture. Oh, that's right, man. Yeah. Or there's just it'll just use square. That's it. So that's it. You don't have to worry about that. It's Instagram. Yeah, camera. some Hasselblad thing we've heard of before. Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. used. To, did you guys ever get? I went every now and then. Still to this day, I get on this little tangent where you know I always use square all the time. You know, I always use one to one. Sure. One to one is cool. You know, and then you find that you're restricted too much, and you go back to landscape. I find myself missing my Mamiya RB67. Yes, I love Why? that thing. Why did I sell that darn thing? Uh, Kaklunk, oh. right? I, there you go. Forget 35 millimeter. We'll all go in medium format. Yeah, I love that camera. Well, I have my Bronica. I have the square, the, the SQI, and I still look through it, but I don't shoot film. I'm not going to shoot film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, Tim, what aspect ratio do you shoot in? 4.3 or 3.2? With the, um, uh, the Nikon? Yeah. What is it full? It's like, is it? Uh, oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't change your aspect ratio. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <Ouch>. kidding. <laughs> Every chance you get, you like beat me up on. I your... forgot that you can't change the aspect ratio on some He cameras. walks into the studio and he has this little bag and he goes, here's my bag. Where's yours? And mine's over on the table. Tim prefers to crop. <laughs> he put, Frederick it. pulls his fanny pack out and his camera gears in that. <laughs> Fanny pack. No. I, love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Sharky, what's your what aspect ratio do you shoot at? I'm not shooting these days. Oh, you're not <laughs> no. shooting. Zero zero no. then, right? <laughs> no. No, you know, I I've got a uh well, I had a Nikon uh, D4S and a D750. I sold those to the Miami Dolphins. Did you really? That, well, a good friend of mine, John Willie, is their uh their head of their he's their head photographer and head of their imaging department. And so uh, he knew that it, they, it was on the shelf, like all those cameras back there uh, for you. It was just on the shelf collecting dust. This was back in the early days of, of my podcast. So I sold those. I still have my D700, which you will have to pry out of my cold, dead hand. <laughs> There's just something special, that D700. And then I've, I've got a D7200 that I use every once in a while. I remember, Nikon, man. Uh, I remember the days of, of getting that gold box in the mail, you know, or when I was in the military, just kind of dropped off at my desk. You know, it's like... Oh, Christmas. Yeah, it's like, oh. You know, it was it's like fun. a rite of passage to open it up and like, oh, you know. And then you saved all the boxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a cabinet here that's just got nothing but boxes in it. But. I po Yeah, I've got all the boxes. I posted a photo of my D700's box, you know, the gold box mm -hmm. on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I think it's my most liked photo. Everyone was just like... <laughs> Like it was a new camera or something, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. it just evokes something in you. I remember those days, man. It's uh, Ch you know, chucking who? the other language versions of the the uh, <laughs> of your uh, manual that you don't need. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, yeah, all the dead trees that they killed to give you thirteen <laughs> languages that you don't understand. <laughs> right, PDF. No one's Have you it. heard of PDF? Yeah, exactly. Have you heard of PDF? Um, yeah, it's crazy, guys. Let's move on with the show. Uh, God, time just keeps flying. Look at this. Uh, so continuing on with this modular discussion, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Google's modular phone, which is titled Project Era. I'd like to formally invite you to check out the brand new 
TWIP school. You've learned so much from the amazing TWIP hosts and guests over the years. Now, within the TWIP school, you can continue that learning and dive deeper on a variety of photographic and business topics. There are already several great courses to choose from in the school, and we will be adding new courses often. Right now, you can learn about fashion photography from Lucas Passmore, Final Cut Pro 10 for photographers, and time lapse with Lee Herbert, marketing for photographers with Zach Prez, and even time travel for photographers with yours truly. And to kick things off, you can check out the school today with a course that we've made available for free for a limited time only, and that's Five Habits of Highly Effective Photographers. It's an inspirational course designed to help you get more done and stay focused. So head over to the brand new TWIP school now at school.thisweekinphoto.com. That's school.thisweekinphoto.com. All right, guys, we are back. So Google at the recent I.O. conference for developers shared some more details about this modular phone concept that they are launching. And apparently they gave some launch dates. So it's going to be available this fall for developers. So it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. So continuing on the discussion with like we were talking about the craft camera, this is a modular cell phone that lets you do the same thing, take pieces off, put pieces on and kind of make the, the, per, the, the perfect camera or the perfect, sorry, perfect phone for you. So again, is this the future? Tim Engel, is the future of cell phones modular or do you just want a slab of metal and glass that does what you want it to do and then you'll pay through the nose again for the upgrade? I don't know. I think that as much as I love the modular 4K system, I'm not into the phone system. Um, I just need it to be a slab of glass in my pocket that I can pick up and do what I want with. And if I want to add an accessory, I'll add a speaker. Um, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not into the idea of pulling pieces apart and, uh, like who is though? I'm wondering who is like, I'm, I'm the same way. Cause I have my phone. I just wanted to, the only thing I want to worry about when my phone is charging it. And even then I don't, <laughs> I just want it to work every single time. Maybe one of these modules will be an extra battery thing, kind of like a Mophie, right? Yeah. So if you wanted to, if you're someone who's using your smartphone like crazy, you might have a couple extra battery modules. I don't know. But is the camera module going to be separate? Did uh, it say that? I didn't see yeah. anything that said that. I you, thought you, that, that, let's see, it says there are six slots in total. The modules come in one by two rectangles or two by two squares. Um, and in the video that we'll link to in the post for this or link to on the next web, this came, from, came to us from the next web. Um, it's got an e-ink display for notifications and glanceable information, um, camera modules with different lenses and or sensors, speaker and microphone arrays, a kickstand, oh, finally, no. <laughs> programmable touch sensitive module, non-functional style modules. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say kickstand? A kickstand. Wow, that's some innovation right uh, there. A kickstand, but yeah. um, and a fingerprint right, so, reader. So okay, so could you put multiple camera modules in this, or kickstands? Multiple kickstands. <laughs> multiple kickstands. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's it's people like you that Google's like, you know what? They could just buy an old Android phone. <laughs> if you could put multiple cameras in this, that would be kind of cool. So if you're more photo centric, you could have maybe two or three different cameras in there. Maybe you have one that shoots IR. Maybe you have one that's specifically for low light. You have one that's more wide, more that's one telephoto. Or stereo. Yeah, the, you, the, it's endless, right? Yeah. That could be kind of cool. But you know what I would say to that? I mean, 
if you're going to go through all that, that means you're kind of serious about your photography. You'd probably have a proper camera at that point. You know, why, why would you go and, and, and get all these different pieces to erector set or Lego together this thing when, when you could just get, when you want to take awesome photos, get the right, get a proper camera, take your awesome photos and go grab your, you know, your cheap phone and be on with your day. Well, maybe it's not about taking awesome photos. I mean, look at how many times do you leave your DSLR at home and you have something like, like I've got the Sony RX100 Mark IV. I can tell you, I leave my DSLR at home 100% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? You know, so you bring like, like I said, the little Sony RX100 Mark IV is a very pocketable camera, but maybe there's other times you don't even want to bring that. But you want to, you know, you might encounter some situations, you're going to the beach with your family, whatever, and you want to take photos, but you don't want to bring a bunch of lenses. You don't want to bring anything that zooms in and out and can get, you know, sand in there and stuff. So maybe you get one of these and maybe it has two or three different camera options available to you. But, you know, ultimately, pretty small market, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but we're talking about just from a photography perspective. This can this, well, camera, this phone in general, who knows? Yeah. I mean, and the, these are the, just the modules that they launched with. So I could see, like, expanding my mind beyond you know, the myopicness of photography, I could see that, okay, you could have this phone and there could develop, they could develop different sensors for scientific purposes that could go on there, investigative purposes that could go on there, um, health purposes. Um, like there's a company in San Francisco that has developed a sensor that you drop some food in it before you eat it and it'll tell you the gluten level of it, you know? So there's all kinds of little things like that. But then again, I'm just thinking, you know, it's like it's like the uh, the DXO one camera, which is awesome. And you snap, you slap it on your iPhone. Another thing. You take great photos. It's just like something else, you know. And when I'm and then is this? Yeah. How does this hold up in the weather? How does this hold up if I change? If I get dust in it? Um, mm-hmm. Do I have a bunch of modules in my pocket now, jingling around? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So I'm kind of getting away. <laughs> I mean, the phone is. I like because it's the phone. It's one piece, like we said earlier. It's in my pocket. I can pull it out. I don't have to worry about changing. Oh, wait, I got to get the Oh, shot's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife took my camera module. Dang, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a change module and you can hold like 37 cents in there or something. I don't know, there right? Exactly. <laughs> It'll hold what, exactly, you know, one quarter <laughs> to a dime. Yeah, and two a minutes. quarter, a nickel, and a dime. So back in like 1954, you had a lot. You had money for dinner right there right. in your phone, right. right? But not anymore. But you know what? One thing we know is Apple's probably not going to do something like this, right? I can't see an Apple doing something like this. This doesn't feel... Not at all. doesn't feel Apple at all. You know, it Mm -mm. feels... Apple's going, I don't know, from from my consumer perch, it seems like they're going thinner, lighter, faster. No holes. What's that? No holes. Supposedly the new speakers are, you know... Oh, really? Yeah. No ears. Yeah. I mean, what I would like from my iPhone, Apple, if you're listening, is just... Get rid of the chin and the forehead of the iPhone, you know. So all of this up here and all of this down here, make that screen. (laughs) I just want this whole thing to be screened. 16 by 9, the whole thing screened. That's what I would like to see. Well, what about a kickstand? I don't need a kickstand. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got that in my case right here. Oh, look at Uh, you. It's a Spigen. Tough armor or something. I don't know. Yeah, they make good cases. Now, do you yeah. you find yourself using that actually? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I can't, I can't. I can't. I was gonna say I can't remember a situation that I've been in with my phone. That I'm like, oh, 
I would have been so much more successful in this situation had my phone had a kickstand on it. <laughs> Fre- Frederick, I'm 45. That's a an, an uh, iPhone 6 Plus. Do you think I'm watching anything on that darn screen? <laughs> I've got uh, right in front of me. I've got an iMac, a 27 inch iMac 5K. Yeah, that's what I'm watching stuff on. I mean, I can see how it could be good for the occasional plane flight, right? Where you know, if you're on one of those unfortunate airlines that don't have movies or something, and you have your phone with sure. you, you could set your phone there and watch movies. And I thought I would do that. You know, on a couple of trips, you know, I brought my little iPad with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to load some movies up. I'm going to watch them. I never end up watching movies on planes. I don't know why. It's just like, you know, I'd rather read or sleep or, or you know, work on my computer or make notes on a piece of paper. I never end up watching movies for some reason. But, you know, maybe I'm weird. Exactly. I don't know. So, I mean, again, so the question goes back to story number one. Is the future module or modular, Tim? Is is you know, it, like if you take this concept beyond the craft camera that's modular and Project Age Era that's modular, will we start seeing these kind of things in our desktop? Like my iMac here is going to be modular or software. Uh, there is- what about software like Adobe? I've been talking saying for years Adobe should do the whole Ma Bell thing with Photoshop, break it up into component parts and let me just buy the pieces I want. You know, I could buy a base level Photoshop and then on top of that, let me buy video or, you know, whatever I want to stick onto that base level and don't charge me for the whole thing. How about well, so they speed up Lightroom first? Yeah, I mean, see, now that's, <laughs> just, turtle that's just crazy talk. That's just crazy talk. What's the matter with you? But aren't, aren't we doing that now with the iPhone? How? And by the way, Lightroom's plenty fast for me. I don't know. You might need to. Well, I, you, sorry, I, I, you might I, need to upgrade your system or defrag your hard drive. <laughs> defrag. Well, you talk you about adding, adding. Yeah. And you talk about adding things. And it's like I have a base iPhone. I add the software in that way that I want to do the things I need. Well, yeah, because there are bits and pieces, right? So yeah, we are in that app economy where you can just say, "Oh, I just need this one app that'll do that thing." I'm saying. You know, on the software side, let me Photoshop is already an industry standard, right? So it's out there. Right. Why not give me the base level kind of like Photoshop three? You know, give me Photoshop sure. three and that costs this much money, relatively cheap. And then I could say, you know what? Um, I need to do some kind of video stuff or cinemagraph stuff or whatever in Photoshop. I'm gonna buy this video module, tack it on there, and it may be maybe it's even a rental. You know, I just rent it for two months or whatever, and that's it shows up in my app. And then goes away after my subscription is over. And then, you know, maybe later down the road, I need, you know, what other Frankenstein features that are in Photoshop, I can add those in or camera raw support or whatever. I can add them in either on a permanent or a temporary basis, not clogging me down with the entire. It's like having the entire Target store in your house all the time in case you might need some toilet paper, right? So just let me get the toilet paper when I need it and then, you know, leave the rest of the stuff on the shelf. I think I think we'll move towards I think what on one did that where they're doing a lot of pieces to their software when you have mm-hmm. the modules for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll happen. I think even in the hardware I think we're going to going to see more modularity. I hope um, so. I hope so. And I think that um I want to see it definitely... everywhere. I want to see it in everything. I want my car to be module modular. I want to I want to be able to say, you know what, today I feel like having a uh, electric motor in there. <laughs> Just with that, you know. All right, Richie Rich. Yeah, right there. You know, you remember Richie Rich? Yeah. 
45. Oh, look at that. Just get your Tesla and then you can uh, add pieces to it. Yeah, no, no. Tesla, unfortunately, is not in the cards for me right now. One day, <laughs> one day. It's a race. It's a race to the Tesla, you know, so... I have to I have to be young enough to be able to enjoy it and not ridiculous look ridiculous driving it. <laughs> but right. I have to get it in that window of time that I can, you know, actually be plausible driving a Tesla. Right. Plus there's a multi-year waiting list too. Is for all Teslas or just for that new for, one? For for the new one. Uh, Wait, it? The one that you want. Well, I, you know, I you know, so this is the line. Totally digressing. <laughs> I totally want. I think I want that uh, that sport utility looking Tesla with the gold wing doors. I think that's that is kind of cool. Although I saw one on the street, and a friend of mine was like, "That's ugly. It looks." Like <laughs> <laughs> and then you can she open said, up the door and launch your drone. No, she said. She said it. It, it looks like a Prius uh, with a weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> And then the license plate says D bag one. Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But Everyone I still like it. I love way. that car. I think it's cool. I sat in one. That yeah. is like you talk about living in the future. That car is ridiculous. You know how much do those things go for? Uh, how many Alexes are those? Equipped as Frederick would want to take ownership of it, about $130,000, I think. So, you know, so which means it's going to it's going to be written on my vision board for a while. Before, no. before Time to sell the house and live in the Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just record from there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Frederick, why is your Tesla so full of clothes and, and household goods? <laughs> All I have. It's like, don't ask me about it. Whatever. <laughs> Just tint the windows. <laughs> oh man, see, see how these shows go. All right, guys, if you listeners, if you want to check out Project Era from uh, from Google, we'll link to it in the show notes. There's an excellent article with with a bunch of cool embedded videos in it on the the Next Web website, which we'll also link to. All right, guys, we are going to move on to the next story. The last story, Instagram. So. This has been, this always, like, people on the web are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No. You know, I was going to try to buffer that, but I'm just like, people are crazy. So Instagram redesigned. They designed it. They want to simplify, redesign, get rid of the skeuomorphism of their icon and, you know, reduce the colors to black and white to better present your photography, make things look simpler, more you know, cleaner, etc., and uh, the internets pulled out the pitch, pitchforks and torches and and just went after Instagram like they had, you know, threatened to build a wall between Mexico and the United States or something. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, we're back to that again, Frederick. It's, like, it's on my mind. See, it's on see my mind. Twip 461. It's on my mind. <laughs> These things are on my mind. I'm an informed and caring citizen. <laughs> Um, but, but Instagram, you know, so they redesigned their app and their icon. Who cares? And so now right? and they're testing business profiles. And the internet just went insane about it. This is it. so stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean, the new icon is, is just dumb. You know, you spend all these years building your brand identity on amazingly, like, everyone knows that icon. And then what do you do? You, you change it. Why? For what purpose? Into this weird-looking purple to orange kind of, like, looks like uh, one of those popsicles you'd get from the uh, 
from the ice cream man. Yeah, yeah you but know? all their <laughs> icons match. And my point is, my point, see, you see, and you're one of the pitchfork people. So I'm. <laughs> no, I don't care. My point is, I, you know what? Who, who, it's like, it's, it's almost like complaining about the design of the bag that's carrying your groceries after you leave the store. <laughs> It's like this bag it is a horrible dis- logo design on it. You know, it's it, who cares about the container? It's all about what's in the container, not what's on the container. It took me all of 10 seconds to find Instagram on my phone again. A, I know where the where Instagram was, where I put it, and B, it says Instagram on it. <laughs> I just pressed right there and I was done. And then guess what when you press it, that annoying logo that you don't care about or you do care about so much is gone. It's you don't gone. see it again. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> it's disappears. Like, it, it's so stupid. But I just, you know, but just back to brand identity, you know, because photographers do this too. You build this brand identity and then you chuck it out the window. It just seemed pointless. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is the upcoming features they have, the analytics and yeah. Tell you know, me, tell me about those. Whatever. Talk about those a little bit. Well, you're going to be able to see where your audience is like i've got i've got you've got more than me i think i've got 13.7 thousand followers on instagram that's not too bad i honestly have no idea how many people are following (laughs) (laughs) wait way to connect with the audience there frederick i don't look at those numbers you know (laughs) freddie i don't know if you know this but freddie cares oh my god freddie does i don't buy frederick but freddie does wait where's the mute button (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say F-R-E-D. Yes. I said Freddy. Yeah. But, oh, um, so you're coming out because I said only girls called me Freddy. So you're <laughs> clearly Sharky James on This Week in Photo. You have something to tell us? <laughs> well, I didn't want to mention anything, Frederick. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a six foot four woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey. But uh, these analytics, you're going to be able to tell where your audience is down to like the city. Yeah. So you know, you're going to have what country they're from. Where, and I don't know exactly how that's you're gonna you really don't care if you're a photographer let's say you're a photographer in st louis missouri and most of your audience is in yugoslavia or something or actually it's not even yugoslavia anymore nice 1980s reference there yeah they're in russia whatever yeah that doesn't do you a whole lot of good so maybe at least no i need to target like some local people more so that'll be able to you know and then if you want to really niche down to the city that's going to be able to help you as well. Mm-hmm. It'll also tell you, I understand, when your audience is most active. Yeah. And so I, tell, I talk about this on, on the Petapixel Photography Podcast a lot, is that if you're a photographer, especially if you have a photography business and you're not on Instagram, you're getting rid of a whole lot of clients. If you're doing senior photos, if you're doing engagements and stuff, you know, those are people that are, you know, 16, 17, 18, into their 20s and such. Yeah. Those are the people you want to target. You want to put your photos on there. You want to have a presence on Instagram, and you want to be engaged with your audience. And Tim, Tim, you can attest to this, right? Because when I'm when you invite me up and I we do those model shoots or whatever, the models generally they're like face Facebook. What's that? You know, we're, we're right. We're on Instagram. We all, you know, we're, it's it's all about Instagram now. Yeah. Right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. No. We always connect whenever we get a shoot. We always try and connect the crew with the models to everybody's. You know, friended each other mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Or following. Yeah. yeah. I said friend, like Facebook, Facebook yeah. is where mom and grandma are. Yeah. To the kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So so this this new algorithm and these these business profiles that Instagram is testing, because Instagram is owned by Facebook, obviously they're leveraging their ad serving and profiling and demographic algorithms to kind of graph them into Facebook to start leveraging Facebook more 
as the ad platform that Facebook is and, like Tim says, might be declining, right? So, yeah, it makes sense, but it's also scary because I've, I've seen some videos that are highly plausible that talk about I mean, everyone knows that, you know, when you post something on Facebook, Facebook makes their decision on who of your friends are going to get to see whatever you post, right? So that's strike one. Uh, and then, you know, you, you know, the, the thing is, to, in order for them you to increase your audience or boost it, you can pay some money and more people will see your post. Um, there was some question around the metrics and how they boost those posts on Facebook. In other words, you know, they say, hey, we're going to boost this and get you, you know, you can go from the 12 people that saw it for free. We can get that up to 24,000 people for, you know, 35 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever. But those people are coming from, in a lot of cases, from click farms around the world where people are just paid to click, 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 you know, through your thing. And they don't really care that Sharky wrote this, this post that he put his blood, sweat, and tears into, they're just giving clicks, you know? So, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I want to investigate that more. I'd be interested in the TWIP audience chiming in on that and letting us know, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the validity of advertising on a platform like Facebook, and does it actually move the needle at any point in terms of conversions or likes or whatever? So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, Sharky, you don't care about the, the Instagram redesign, right? You're okay with it. It's whatever. I don't care. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, it seems like most of the internet's got over this in like a day, day and a half, and they're back to, you know, what Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner or somebody's done. It's like, you know, it's just stupid. I know. Yeah, that's what the internet does. It's what it's what, And when I say the internet, I mean us cuz we are part of the <laughs> We're we're part of the Borg collective we known are. as the Internet. We're like drone number five seven five three complaining about the collective, you know. <laughs> uh, so sad. And that just solidified my geek cred for the entire audience. <laughs> and you're at uh, you're at fifteen thousand right now, by the way. I have fifteen thousand on Instagram? Yeah. Look at that. Look at I'm this. catching up. Look at that. I got to do something. Hey, Twip listeners, I got to beat Sharky James, so please follow me on Instagram. It's Frederick Van. Follow me on Instagram. And while you're there, follow Lens Shark. Lens Shark. <laughs> and on the Lens Shark profile, hashtag Frederick Van. And on Frederick Van, Van hashtag Lens Shark. Lens Shark. Yeah. Tim, what's your, what's your uh, Instagram profile? Uh, Tim Engel. Just Tim Engel? Look at that. Yeah, or Engel Photo. I, well, I have three accounts. Why do you have three accounts? Are you running from the law? What's going on? <laughs> well, I decided just to post just the pro work on one account. Yeah. Just the, and then like the everyday stuff on another account. And then we have the stuff that Christine and I do on another account. Oh, okay. That, that gets a little complicated. I can barely keep up with one, obviously. And you have three. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty well, easy. Well, at least you can switch now in the Instagram app, which is that's, great. Yeah. That is... Oh. So it makes it so much easier. That is true. And that's why I turned on the This Week in Photo Instagram account finally after you know, 900 years, because now you can do that. So we do have a This Week in Photo Instagram account with zero followers on it. So please yeah, that follow was... This Week in Photo so that we can at least feel relevant in the Instagram-verse. And that was the big news when they did that. The redesign, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, as long as it works, it's like, okay, whatever. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, these guys are going to share their picks of the week. 
This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. All right, guys, we are back. It is time to jump into the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, gentlemen, you can pick anything as long as it is somehow even, Sharky, tangentially Tangentially. (laughs) related to (laughs) photography. Sharky James, you're the new kid on the block here. What is your pick of the week? I was hoping you would do that. So I'm a new kid, two episodes in. (laughs) Yeah, you're still a new kid. All right. There's this company that I've been seeing on Facebook you know, because that's where us old people hang out for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And it's gravity backdrops. I kept seeing it. I've seen, I don't know if you know Miguel Quiles from, he's a Sony artisan, good friend of mine, Jeff Rojas, uh, Joseph Perry, a bunch of people are using these backdrops from gravitybackdrops.com. They're made, they're, you know, what, what they say is they're, um, well, they don't say this, but you guys all know Oliphant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they make the quality, mm-hmm. ba- you know, and they're like cotton, whatever it is. Wait, Oliphant. You mean Timothy Oliphant, the, the hitman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, Oliphant, the, the backdrop. Uh, yeah, you know, the hand painted. Or... <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so, I'm you know, saying, that's the hitman, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they're very expensive and they're worth it. So this company comes along, and the guy that runs the company, he's a medical doctor in Serbia. His name is uh, Miroslav, I think it's Miroslav uh, Stojanovic. He goes by Mimi Stojanovic. I'm sure a lot of people think he's a woman, but he's, a, he's actually a man. And uh, 
he's uh, in Serbia and he's got this company, uh, Gravity Backdrops, and they make these amazing backdrops that are a third of the price of what you pay for an elephant or, you know, comparable. Mm-hmm. And that's just amazing. Now, are these, what kind, are these, are these seamless paper? Are they painted? Are they canvas? What are they? They're, they're cotton canvas that are uh, painted with acrylic paints and they're, each one is unique. I mean, they have like these big rollers and they've got these guys that are these artisans that are creating these amazing back. Look at the photos on the, on the website. This is definitely, you want to check out uh, gravity backdrops, gravitybackdrops.com to see it. Unbelievable backdrop. So if you're doing uh, studio portraiture, why spend three times the amount for a backdrop? And I'm, you know, all fans great, but they're expensive. So here's a way to save, you know, the Twip Army and the Petapix Army. You guys want to save money. They're, they've got great backdrops at a third of the price. Love it. Love and, it. And, you know, they're shipping them from Serbia, but there's, I think they uh, ship for uh, via DHL, and it only takes like a few days to get to the States. That is but, really um, cool. I, I kept seeing this. I kept seeing it over and over again on Facebook, and you know, all these guys are using them, and they just rave about them. I mean, the photos, you know, speak for themselves. And look at the the quality is great. Yeah. There's this what are they one costing? guy. There, what was that? What's the cost? Uh, um, I'm to find let's it. Let me see. Find I let's see. I had it here. Promotions about. I'm I'm on the site now, guys. They've uh, got them listed in in euros. I, I wrote it down. It was. Uh, let's see. The smallest size is 330. Uh, let's see, I think it's 330 US dollars, and then the next size up is uh, 395, and then 440. Hmm. I want to see some. I want to see some shots from, um, like photographers that we know that have used these. You know, like well, do, like I said, do you know Sony artisan Miguel Aquiles? Uh I don't know him, but I'll I'll definitely look him up. Yeah. He's using it. And what about Jeff Rojas? Mm-hmm. Jeff Rojas is mm-hmm. using it. Um, there's this guy. We just had him do an intro on our show, uh, Joseph Perry. He's in the UK. And his goal, he's got one of the backdrops. His goal is to just abuse that thing and put it through just holy hell and see if it, it, it holds up. And here, like four or five months in, it looks great still. Really? It just like, gets so, better with age kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's just, I mean, you've seen the photos. So, you know, just... Uh, yeah, just do a search online. People love these things, that and I don't have any. I don't have any financial ties or anything. I don't even. I don't do portraiture. Like I said, I don't even shoot much these days. <laughs> you know, sport. When I do, it's mostly uh, uh, sports and stuff. So, but they just uh, they're beautiful, and, and the quality is just everyone just raves about them, and they're getting three for the price of, you know, uh, I mean, if you've got if you can only afford one backdrop, that's all you're gonna ever use. You've got that one look. So now you can get three backdrops for the price of one. That just you know, if you're a I portrait can, photographer, I can see Tim. Tim's over there calculating. Look at him on the mm. side right now. Tim, in your studio, would you use something like this? I mean, you got that giant sure. seamless white cove in there, but would you use back, backdrops like this? I actually used one today. Oh, look at that. Yeah, from who? From Christine. She painted it. Oh, look <laughs> at that! Backdrops by Christine. That's great. And yeah, like, these are hand painted, so that seems like to be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a painter's tarp and she painted it. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So I uh, so I guess, you know, going to Denny's manufacturing is uh is old school. <laughs> I still have I think I still have a catalog from way back. <laughs> I used to dream in that catalog when I was in the military. I'd have my Denny's catalog like, "Oh man, look at that opposing stand. Imagine if I had that." <laughs> the giant 2000. Oh no, actually back then it would be 1999, right? 1975. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyways, if you want if you want to check out these uh, these backdrops, gravitybackdrops.com is where they're at, and the photos. I mean, look at the website. The photos are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Dude, cool. So, I, mean, I think Tim Tim probably clicked that buy now button already, didn't you? I'm trying to transfer into from euros into your dollars right now, so <laughs> give me a second. It seems like it, I think it's I, I wrote it down. If it's correct, three hundred for the 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 smallest size, three hundred and thirty US, I think, or maybe it's three hundred. I think it's three hundred euros for a one point six by two and a half meter uh, size, four hundred euros for a two point one by two point six meters, and three hundred and fifty euros for the next size up. I guess I don't know. Nice. Very cool. You're, I'll take the small one. You're, you're <laughs> tempting me to start shooting again, Sharky James. <laughs> They're beautiful. I mean, it just seamless is great, but look at these things. Yeah. And, and like I said, Oliphant and other companies make great ones, but hey, you know, photography is expensive. And if you can save yourself hundreds, why not? Yeah. I love it. Very right? cool. Right. Very good pick of the week, man. Thank you. Perfect. Awesome. All right, Tim Engel, you're up, man. What is your pick of the week? So this is something I've had in my bag for a while, and I just recently started using again. And um, it's a custom bracket. It's the little CB Mini RC from Custom Brackets. Mm -hmm. And forever I used to shoot and hold um, the flash fairly close to the lens um, until I found this bracket. And I love the fact that it's so close. I shoot um, vertically with it a lot. And so that it's literally like right over the lens where the way mine's configured. And um, so I just so what do you, love that what light. do you like? Okay, so help me understand. I thought these kind of brackets were, and this is coming from a position of complete ignorance, obviously, but the I thought these were old school, like because like you're like in a studio situation, you're shooting with either pro photos or alien bees or your Einsteins or whatever, and using light modifiers and reflectors and all that stuff. Um, or if you're outside, maybe reflectors for fill or to diffuse the light over the head of the model, that kind of thing. Why, why would you bracket the flash to your camera, to your DSLR? And on access, too. And on access to, to increase the chances of, white, of red eye, right? Well, and I actually shot a bunch of stuff yesterday with a family event outdoors with it. Um, and what I've been doing is going uh, two stops under on the camera mm -hmm. and two stops over on the flash. Hmm. Okay, so, and so, so basically and in the high zero. <laughs> well, yeah, except the background drops down. Yeah. And so oh, I had right, clouds right. yesterday that the clouds played really nice. Oh, those shots that you um, sent me, yeah. So, so you're, you're underexposing the ambient light. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then bringing and the flash is bringing it back to kind of like normal. Okay. Um, and it's just you know, and I just I like the look of it. I turned them black and white. I did some stuff with uh, my son's track team. Um, during a really cloudy day, and I just—it's just something very different. It gives me a look that I can't—you know—I don't want to bring all of my stuff out doing random stuff, and so to have this is just a good way of adding that light there. And it's like you know, having it on axis looks really nice for me. Love it, love it, cool. And what does what does that cost? I, they aren't real expensive. Are they like? Um, Let's see, I'm on the site. Oh, fifty-five bucks. Yeah, like fifty bucks. Not bad. Maybe what Canon and Nikon need to do is have a modular camera where you can just slide in your flash right there into the the other side of the grip, right? Yeah. <laughs> or or they could they could have a modular system where you you slide the money that you would have paid for a Nikon or Canon into a Fuji or a Sony <laughs> or a Lumix. <laughs> That's hey, those bad. mirrors are expensive. Oh, those mirrors. Yeah, That's right. You can save a million dollars on just no mirrors, right there. <laughs> Very cool, Tim. That's a good. That's a good pick. So that's at Custom bra Brackets. It's a CB Mini RC, a one quarter inch twenty mount for fifty five bucks. 
and I've bought things from them for years. So I used to use the one with, actually, I think my, my, uh, Veronica bracket was from them. So I had the flash that went over the top of the, the old wedding bracket. Isn't that the company oh, that has the, the one, one where oh, you can... Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. You can easily yeah. turn it, right? It's on yeah. like a little rail kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty yep. cool. They make quality yep. stuff. Yep. Look at that. Yeah, those were the days. Those are cool. Look at Tim going old school. Like I know. That. Articulated, little hydraulic, vertically <laughs> twisting right. thing. Keep the flash on top of your camera. Flash yeah, powder right. up there. And all. <laughs> oh, I know. I used to have the string I'd measure their nose and so I know the exact distance. <laughs> And you're really cool. You bring out the flash cubes, right? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Hey, you kids, get off on. my lawn. <laughs> and you, just, you, can, you can throw those at their feet, too, and they explode. So it looks good. Oh, man. Oh. What, what uh, memories. You guys are dating me for real. All right. Uh, all right. So my pick of the week. I have a pick of the week. So, um, oh. And it is a gratuitous, a gratuitous sort of narcissistic pick of the week. So uh, we this week, actually last week, we officially launched the TWIP School, This Week in Photo School, at school.thisweekinphoto.com. And in the school, we launched a brand new course as part of the five-day deal, which is now available to everyone as you listen to this, because the five-day deal will be concluded by the time you hear this. So it is available to purchase for everyone, and it is called, I'm going to share my screen here and show you guys what it look like, looks like. It's called Digital Video Alchemy. So I traveled, tell me if you guys can see that. You can see that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, me and a couple of, of other photographers traveled to the Yucatan, the Mexican Yucatan Peninsula, to create this thing. And what we did was we shot a full music video with uh, two musicians, a sitar player and a singer, and we put them on Mayan pyramids, we put them in cenotes, we put them on the beach in Tulum, Mexico. We were all over the place. We were shooting with Osmos and drones and mirrorless cameras and Sonys and everywhere. And we took all that footage and synthesized it into an awesome music video. And we created this course to show you exactly how we did it. So uh, I just wanted to promote this because we put a lot of hard work into it. And I'd love for the uh, the TWIP army to go check it out and tell me what you think about it. So it is available now in the TWIP school in all its glory and all the modules are there for you to uh, to go check out and poke through. And that's at school.thisweekinphoto.com. And the name of the course is Digital Video Alchemy. So definitely Look at you, out. Frederick. Hey, man. Getting stuff done. I know stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know stuff. Yeah, it's good, man. The cool thing about the TWIP school, uh, a little inside baseball on that, is uh, it's been a long time coming, and I I put that thing together for so that the hosts of the shows on this on the This Week in Photo Network on the TWIP Network, we now have a place to do additional long form trainings instead of trying to. You know, if there's some sort of tip or technique that we want to talk about in a podcast, we can do that. But now we can really blow it out. For example, on Street Focus, Valerie Jardin can go in and do a tutorial on street photography. You know, uh, Jen can do a, a training on family photography. We can go in, in depth on gear, you know, with all, with Doug and all about the gear, on and on and on. We can alpha mirrorless tutorials about Sony alpha cameras. All that stuff will manifest itself inside of the new TWIP school. 
I'd like to do one on how not to actually take photos. <laughs> That's Start easy. a podcast. I was gonna that, I was gonna say, yeah, for $97 and all you get is one module with Sharky one. Just start a podcast, dude. <laughs> Just yeah. Start a podcast and get picked up by a petapixel and then you'll, don't sleep. And you'll never shoot again. You'll never and sell your gear. There you go. And sell your gear. But yeah, that's my pick of the week. Digital video alchemy course in the brand new Twip School at school.thisweekinphoto.com. All right, guys, we are at the end of the show. Let's close this off. Tim Engel, what are you working on? What do you got coming up? What's what's on your plate, man? Well, I believe we're working on a show that's coming out. Yes. And uh, the first of July. What's that show going to be about? What is it? Speaking, fashion, speaking, fashion uh, speaking of never shooting again because you started a podcast. What's your podcast <laughs> going to be about? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into fashion photography from a model's angle, from a photographer's angle. We're going to talk to the people in the industry that make that stuff happen. Very cool. Awesome. Cool. What's it called? Fashion Focus. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Very cool. The empire yeah. grows. <laughs> yeah. What else I, you got I have going One, to? you've got like 20. And then, and then I'm working on right now, I got, uh, gosh, what am I up to? 23 attorney offices I'm shooting for an assignment um, between now and probably like the middle of June. So I think I'm at like 12 down and trying to wrangle those guys and their schedules is quite um, an effort. Um, and you basically get, you know, you have to set up lights. You get about, uh, eight minutes before they totally lose interest and want to walk away. And so you have to set up, get the shot and get out. So, and then you have to have that consistent look across all their photos. Yeah. You got to keep, yeah. So So you're writing uh, down settings and the whole deal. (laughs) Yeah. The two, the two scenarios today presented one with great light and one with no light. And so you have to figure it out quick because they would not wait around. That's so. that's almost hmm. like wedding photography right there, right? Or celebrity yeah. photography where you got to get a shot of, you know, some celebrity that has, you know, 2.5 reluctant minutes before they have to get on to their next thing. <laughs> right? Oh, no. And it's like I, years ago in my newspaper life, I learned really quickly how to try and get them at ease and get the shot. And so it's it's a skill I've worked on. You've got two for, former photojournalists on the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's an exercise in humility and patience. Two former former poor photojournalists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, were you a photojournalist, Sharky? Yeah, I was a photojournalist for a number of years. Yeah. Look at that. See? Yeah. Love it. And then the last... That's my brother right there, then. <laughs> All the last right. thing... Yeah, then, we're, then I got vacation, and we're doing a vacation with the family to Zion. Nice. And so then that will be... Uh, also, me photo walking. Are you gonna Are you gonna live stream your your Zion National Park adventure with your Osmo connected to Facebook Live? If they ever update it, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's coming. Right, don't, that was announced today. Don't give me the release and then not have the app waiting for me as soon as I'm done reading the release. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe they're on Chinese time, but that would mean they're a day ahead of us. So it should have been out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It should have been out when I woke up. It should have been done. It should have been done. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. So yeah, so but yeah, vacation with the family, and then I'm gonna turn that also into some shooting. Very cool. Well, cool, man. Always a pleasure to have you on this week in photo, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, Mike Sharkey James from the Petapixel Photography Podcast, man. What are you working on? I am. I'm, I'm still writing those books that we discussed about about a month ago in, in Twip. What are you doing talking to me? Those books are not going to write themselves, man. <laughs> oh, I tell you, if you want to like, you don't want your hair to turn gray or to fall out. Start writing a book. Start a podcast and then and then start writing a book or two at the same time. No, are these are these are these like 
dead tree books are these ebooks are these like what kind of books are they unless a book publisher comes along and wants to you know chop down some trees and publish it, it these are going to be ebooks okay. as we can good on all that and it's you know photography from my perspective like we said back in in twip 461 no one else can be me so it's going to be if you listen to the petapixel photography podcast you know my personality you, you heard it here on the show mm-hmm. it's going to be that it's going to be a little bit of comedy it's, i don't know if anyone's done a comedy photography book before um, Maybe I just put that out there for everyone. Someone go do photogra- that. <laughs> I, I've never heard of a comedy photography book. So good. Perfect. Here's there you go. Day. I just gave a ton of people an idea right there. Yeah. But no, that's fine. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, from my perspective. But, you know, I've got that going on. Also, you laid down the gauntlet. So the Petapixel Photography Podcast Nation and the TWIP Nation, get out there. Follow us on Instagram. I'm Lensshark, L-E-N-S-S-H-A-R-K, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Go ahead, follow Frederick too. Hashtag us the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, just follow me too. You know, but okay. Question: When you, since you're working on your social media presence and building all that stuff up, Lynn Shark, are you are you posting primarily through Instagram and then auto posting out to Facebook, or do you post on Instagram and then go load up Facebook and and purpose craft a post for Facebook? I'm doing everything separately. You know, because I see like when I see something on Facebook and it says, you know, it was posted on Instagram, I feel like it's like, I don't know, for me personally, it feels like an afterthought, like, well, this guy, you know, posted it on Instagram and just kind of like drilled it out to everywhere else. How how dare this guy have a life, you know? (laughs) How dare he be so darn efficient? Like the rest of us, dude, come on. Efficiency is horrible. How dare you? (laughs) So, no, I'll post on Instagram and, you know, like, um. You know, if you were to follow, let's say, like my friend Miguel Quiles, mm-hmm. you know, he's Sony artisan. He's got all his, you know, beautiful portraits and everything he's doing. If you follow me, it's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. I'm a photography podcaster. So when I'm out there shooting, if I shoot a game or something like that, I'll post that or I'll be post. I post other people's photos. They, you know, give me permission to do that and try to expose my audience, which is growing, you know, 13.7 thousand people. That's a, you know. It's not that's bad. a good chunk of people, that but we need lot. to work on that. I need to catch up to Frederick. Yeah, I was going to say, it's and then, a lot of people. It's not quite 15,000, <laughs> but it's, you know. Exactly. It's, it's almost, it's, yeah, you know, rounding error. You'll probably there, pass but, me <laughs> next week. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see about that. Let's see how our armies do. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Petapixel Photography Podcast, you know, available in your favorite podcatcher. Just type in Petapixel in iTunes or whatever, and uh, or you can go to petapixel.com slash podcast and find us. And, you know, it's a fun show. It is. It is an awesome enjoy. show. Give it, are a, you give guys, it a try. Are you guys in Google Play now? You know, Google Play has added podcasting to their directory. We're in Google Play. We're in iTunes. And as I said uh, last time we were on TWIP, we were the very first photography podcast in Spotify, handpicked by Spotify. Very cool. Very first. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. So, and by very cool, I mean I hate you, but very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let good. me tell you, the traffic coming out of Spotify, not exactly massive, but it, you know, every little bit helps. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people there, there it's a streaming service, of course, for music. And people are starting to discover that you can get these things called podcasts, which a lot of people haven't heard of, maybe yeah. younger people. And so you know, in podcasting, we talk about discoverability and how they find you. Same thing with photographers, how they find you. Instagram these days. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, so definitely you know, Spotify, wherever you got it. You have to who who has that uh, that be everywhere strategy? Is that Pat Flynn that or is Johnny Pat Dumas? Flynn. That's Pat Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Be everywhere. I think his book, his, he wrote a book called that. Be everywhere. There you go. Yeah. I should get a commission from that, Pat. So, <laughs> but you, you have to be. You have to be on or I'd say be everywhere. That's important to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, because you can't you can't keep up with everything. The uh, the Be Everywhere strategy. I I when I'm I read is I I own the Be Everywhere book and I read it and it's really it's a really good book. I recommend it to anyone to check it out. Um, audio version is excellent as well. Um, uh, but when I look at that, I'm like, okay, Be Everywhere. That means that everywhere that I'm being, there's somewhere that I'm not. <laughs> so, so right. you know, so I could be everywhere. I could be on Instagram, Pinterest, Google Plus, YouTube, etc. Hello, yeah, on and on and on. But that also means that I'm not that that shooting horizon keeps moving further and further away from me you know so and that also means a bed that you're not sleeping in. yeah and family i'm not hanging out with and all this other stuff so there's a balance you know be every i would i would i would amend that to be almost everywhere or be everywhere that you can be within a limited amount of time that you allot to be everywhere and everything outside of that is shooting and family and actually living in the physical world versus the digital world so. I think we'd all agree that for photographers, Instagram, you have to be on Instagram yeah, these days. Yeah, absolutely. You, ha- you just have to be. That is where it's at. If you're not on there, people are not finding you. Yeah, that's right. Instagram. Yep. Instagram. Yep. All right. The, the horrible Instagram icon. Just ignore that and get on Instagram. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that icon. Nothing wrong Lick with the it. icon. It looks like an ice cream cone or something and just uh, move on. All right. Yeah. Direct all your hate mail about the Instagram <laughs> icon to the Petapixel Photography Podcast. <laughs> CC or care of Sharky James. All right, guys. So uh, I have one thing that I want to mention that's coming up for me towards the end of the year. Um, last year, many of the This Week in Photo listeners may know that I went on a 20-day trip. I think it was 20 days to Vietnam. So started in the north, moved all the way down to the south, shooting pictures at various cities on the way down with a group of about 11 to 12 photographers. And we had a blast. It was it was amazing. We were everywhere from Hanoi to you know, we Halong Bay to everywhere. We were all over the place taking great pictures, staying in great hotels and eating great food. So, uh we're going to rinse and repeat. We're going to do that again this year in November of 2016. The de- we'll put a link to the the page to sign up for this workshop on the uh in the show notes for this page for this show, but Going back again, going to make a few changes to the itinerary, make it even better than last year. And this year, I'm bringing my drone with me. So, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. I, I hope you enjoy Vietnamese presents. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my homework. I'm doing my homework, but I'm bringing the drone with me. It may stay in the hotel room and broadcast live. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, with no bandwidth, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm at least gonna get some great photos. I was on How Long Bay. Google Halong Bay when you guys, you know, listeners, when you get a chance and look at this place where I was. It's just this amazing bay with these limestone structures that are shooting up vertically out of the water. And it's so hard to get a shot of them from the boat. We were on a boat out in the middle of them. I was trying to get a shot. I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to get a shot from a thousand feet and see what happens. Wow. Hey, did you hear, you hear about those new Samsung cards? I think they're, uh, are they Samsung SD cards? They're waterproof. You might want to bring one of those because when the drone goes into the drink, yeah. you can at least get your card that, out. That may happen. That <laughs> may actually happen. But if it happens, Insurance. if that happens, I'm taking my, my Phantom 3, which will by then will be about two years old, a year and a half, two years old. <laughs> yeah, right. So that'll yeah. be the impetus to go ahead and get the Phantom 4 so or whatever's <laughs> new at that time. Or Phantom 5. <laughs> or Phantom 5 by then, Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. So yeah, I, I've thought this through, man. So if if I come back to the United States with a drone intact, that's a bonus. <laughs> so that's a win. That's a win. I'm expecting not to. So we'll see. it sounds like you had a great time last time, and oh. like you said, people freak out about traveling overseas, right? Yeah, and everything went mostly smoothly. It went there completely smoothly, and I was like, you know, the night before I was a wreck. I'm like, oh man, I'm going over here, and you know, all this stuff happening overseas, and you know, I should just stay here. And what do I pack? And I'm going to get sick, and blah 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 blah. All this stuff, nothing happened. It was it was just like you know, going to Missouri, you know, except everybody yeah. looked a little different. But it was <laughs> and and the Vietnamese people, from what I've heard, are wonderful. They were so everybody so was nice. accommodating, completely accommodating, so friendly. I had no problems at all, zero. I, we just had, you know, it was a blast the entire time. I made lifelong friends there. It was just, it was like going to camp, you know. But bounce, I'm gonna go with you, bouncing from years, city to Frederick. city, going to camp, you know. One of these years, Frederick, I'm coming with you to Vietnam. Come on, man. And I got, I, I got to go to Martin Bailey's uh, Hokkaido workshop. You gotta go see those snow monkeys. Small. Snow monkeys. You gotta see yeah. the snow monkeys. I gotta with see Martin the Bailey. snow monkeys. I, yeah. Right, you gotta. I know it's on my list too. Field trip. It's How do you list. pass that up? You cannot. You have to see the snow monkeys, man. I mean, you're right, but you got to see the world, man. Vietnam. Go to Martin to Hokkaido. See the snow monkeys. Go to go, go with Doug K. Go to go with Doug K. On one of his Cuban adventures. Cuba. I mean, all Iceland, Iceland. I mean, there's yeah. Valerie's going to Paris all the time. You know, Mar- it's all these places that you can go. It's amazing. Martin's also go- Martin goes to Antarctica. Like what? Every year, every other year. Yeah. How, what yeah. percentage of the world's population has been on Antarctica? I know, I know. Martin Very goes there little, so much. Like, I think Martin might have another Antarctican <laughs> family up there that he's you know. <laughs> Whoa! What are you? What are you saying? <laughs> I'm kidding, Martin. I know. <laughs> Going controversial here. That's what I do. At the end of the show. That's what I do. That's what I do. Hey, if you listen this long, you love this weekend photo. That's true. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's close this off. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors for this episode. And that's Fresh Books and also me, the Twip School, <laughs> for sponsoring this episode of me, this weekend photo. And also be sure to visit our website over at thisweekinphoto.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and help me beat Sharky James. Follow me on Instagram, Frederick Van, Frederick Van, and post something like, you know, controversial in hashtag Sharky James and mention him in it. Frederick mispronounced Lens Shark, L-E-N-S-S-H-A-R-K. What did I say? The show... No, I'm saying you said Frederick Van, but it's really pronounced Lens Shark. Yes, yeah, Lens Shark, but spelled (laughs) F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-V-A-N. As soon as, all right, Twip Nation, as soon as the lens cap comes off, you're heading to Instagram and you're hitting Lens Shark. Yeah, it's on, man. It's a battle. It's a battle. We'll see. I'm just going to sit and watch the carnage. <laughs> it is a battle. Bring it. I want to see. You're, you're so going down, Frederick. I'm throwing the challenge out there. I want to see controversial, but keep it clean, controversial <laughs> posts on Instagram, hashtagging Lynn Shark on the Frederick Van profile. Follow him as well if you must. But, <laughs> but hashtagging him and the best, most controversial post we'll talk about on This Week in Photo. So... It's on, man. Nice. And you just jumped two more, Frederick. There you go. Oh, <laughs> did you follow me? <laughs> My other two accounts did. Awesome. <laughs> Look at that. See? I'm winning already. Oh, thanks, uh, Tim. What did I and ever Lenshar, do to and, you? And Lenshar got one more. Uh, right. Oh, nice. Thank you. 
<laughs> All right, guys. All right. Uh, Sharky James, you want to close the show out? What do I say every time that we that we close the show? I believe that you say, and with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. <laughs> Weekend Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>